I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSEN, the sports betting network. We begin our number three, Betting Across America. Dave Ross alongside Amal Shaw. We are here at Circus Sportsbook. And Amal, we look up, and the WGC match play is going on. And uh, Scotty Scheffler just pitched in from, I don't know, about 60, 70 feet, something like that, to end the match against Seamus Power as he moves on, gets the win three and two over Power. Mad game for these two. We've been updating Dustin Johnson against Brooks Kepka in their quarterfinal match. All square last I saw after 14 holes there. But Sheffer, what a way to end it. And I, I alluded to something that was kind of like urban legend in golf. It goes back to the, to the Ryder Cup 2019 uh, over in France. And the rumor was, was that Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka had some sort of beef. Potentially a fight broke out. Okay. I'd be remiss because I just don't want to be spreading rumors, even though I've been talking about this for about three years. Dustin Johnson uh, really didn't have a lot to say on it. Brooks, he did back in 2020. And denying the rumor, Kepka said this of DJ, quote, the Dustin thing, I just don't get it. There was no fight. There was no argument. He's one of my best friends. I love the kid to death. We talked on the phone Monday and yesterday. So you tell me how we fought. People like to make a story and run with it. It's not the first time there's been a news story that isn't true that's gone on. When you use kid, love the kid to death. Is that like, ah, right? You think there's bad blood there? I, I mean, I thought the statement's a bit extreme if there was bad blood. Like, if, if, to me, he if, doth protest too much? It, no, if there, if there was genuinely bad blood, I don't think you'd make that type of statement. I, I, I don't, maybe there isn't. I don't know. Okay. I don't follow golf the way you do, so I can't really speak to it. You see how badly I want this to be a thing. Yeah, I do. But it's probably not going to be a thing. Uh, so we'll see how DJ and uh, Brooks Kepka make out today because right now it is all square. And I'm sure whether it's a friendly ride, they used to work out together. They were bros in the gym and then they split. This is all fact. Then they split ways with their training partner. That became a story. Who knows? Let's get back to the Elite Eight today between Arkansas Duke and Villanova and Houston. Now, I want to look at some player props in particular. And let's start off with Arkansas here because, again, small dogs to the Dukies getting about three and a half here. Expected high total in this game right now, at least in comparison to the Villanova and Houston game. And when you look at some of the player props, Tony over-under is about ten and a half. Uh, you've, you've got J.D. Note at 18 and a half. Uh, juiced heavily at minus 120, or at least juiced slightly there. Jalen Williams over under is about 11 and a half. Is there any Arkansas player on this board? Amude there at, at 13 and a half points. 
anything that really stands out to you as something you say, yeah, I might fire on that? You know, the one that I would look at here is uh, potentially uh, Stanley Amude over because I think he's got to shoot the ball well if Arkansas is going to move on. He can really shoot the ball from the perimeter, mm-hmm. but he's going to have to be successful. And I think some of these are correlated to what you think about a game. If you think the Razorbacks have a chance to win, I think Amude has got to have a big game. If you think the Razorbacks struggle a bit, I think then you would go under on a player like him. Yeah, I like his mid-range, too. Like He can step out, face up, and shoot that baseline jumper and knock that down. So maybe a 13-and-a-half might be something I'd be interested in. The Note one is the interesting one to me at 18-and-a-half because, again, you go, well, he might take 30 shots. Right. I mean, it, volume will not be an issue there. Yeah. Sometimes accuracy is. Is that number to you juiced at minus 120? Do you think if Arkansas is to win, he must go over that total? I think so. I think really uh, it would be different. I mean, he could wind up at 17. Maybe he doesn't get over the total and they could still win the game if everyone else plays well. Tony, Williams, uh, uh, Amude, if they shoot the ball well, then they've got a great chance. But I think it really is correlated for Arkansas' success. He's got to play well. Yeah, I I tend to agree with that again. I can't see Note not having a big game and Arkansas still being in the game uh, down the stretch. Let's flip the script to the Dukies here. Uh, You see the numbers there for the Hogs. I don't know if Jeremy Roach was a revelation and certainly wasn't to you, but to maybe some, some casuals out there watching the way he closed out that game against Texas tech, the, the smallest guy on the floor might've been the biggest uh, 10 and a half now for Roach in this game. And again, it should be a very interesting backcourt battle uh, certainly against no You could AJ Griffin knock down some threes there, 11 and a half. When the Moore junior is the guy for me that I look at at 12 and a half and I go, man, when he plays well, yeah. they're almost unbeatable. That's how good he can be. And obviously you understand with Banchero at 17 and a half and Mark Williams at 12 and a half. It's, it's a balanced group. This Duke group is right. They've yeah. got five really good scoring options here. Is there one in particular that jumps out to you? You know, I think uh, Roach is interesting at the 10 and a half there. Um, he had a great finish and I think just gives him confidence uh, Elliot, if you can throw that graphic back up very quickly, I just want to look at the Mark Williams number there. Mm-hmm. I think he's 12 and a half. Yep. And uh, to me, Bancaro, I would go under here on him, uh, but Roach, I would go over. I think he's got a chance here. I, I, I love the way he finished that game out. Has a ton of confidence. Remember, this guy's a McDonald's All-American. He's from your part of the woods, mm-hmm. uh, Fairfax, Virginia. Uh, he can He can ball. Right. Well, I wonder if you're Eric Musselman, Right, And you look at that balanced attack that the Dukies have, and that's when you have five guys in these player props all over double digits. Is the head of the state, Paolo, and you have to say, I got to take him away? Or I, I, or I allow, because sometimes the theory is you allow the best player to get theirs and you limit the rest of the group. I think it's more of what you just said, the latter here with uh, Arkansas, if you're going to win this game. Even if Bancaro gets over his number, he can get his. But to me, it's the Jeremy Roaches, it's the uh, Mark Williams that you've got to slow down. Those guys go off. You're in real trouble. Absolutely. All right, so let's see how that plays out. And just from a strategic standpoint, that's going to be a really interesting matchup there. Now, look, when you look at the player props for Villanova and Houston, and you see the smaller totals, again, think about game script. Like, you saw those the double-digit totals in a lot of the Arkansas Dukies because they're expecting points in that game. You're not as expecting to get as many points here, certainly in the Villanova-Houston game, when you have a total that's under 120. Yeah. So, therefore, you're going to see some single digits, like a Caleb Daniels at 9.5 for Villanova. Now, Gillespie, of course, is the big gun there, 14.5. Samuels, the second guy, at 12.5. Uh, Justin Moore, actually, is at 14.5. Then you see another single-digit guy in a guy like Eric Dixon, who can shoot it a little bit, 7.5. So, you see why these totals are lower. So, is there anyone there that you might be able to take advantage of? 
Yeah, I, I think uh, Eric Dixon under seven and a half here. Um, I, I think when you look at potentially for this team, if he's matched up against Jalen Williams, I think it'll be a tough time for him there. Uh, the other one is with Justin Moore. Uh, I think Ardis Tony could be on him, and that could be a real challenge there. Mm-hmm. I think he was at 14 and a half, yeah. Justin Moore. I would look towards the under there. I think, think I'm sorry, I, I said Ardis Tony. I, I confused Ar- Villanova and Arkansas, but uh, um, Villanova is obviously playing Houston. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the size of what Carlton can do against a guy like Eric Dixon, I, I think he can really shut him down. He's athletic, he's tough. I'm not a big Eric Dixon guy. I think this is the weakest that Villanova's been at the five in a little while. And then again, Moore, I think, could have a challenge here. I think Houston can really guard. The the only concern I would have in playing Villanova unders, and this is kind of uh, a carpet statement here, kind of go over the entire team here, throw a blanket on them, is that if they're ahead late, all five guys shoot it from the free throw line, right? So the the one concern is you hold them down and then give up those freebies late as you're trying to stop clock. That would be my only concern. But I do think it's a smart play in generalities that because we're expecting a really low-scoring game, look, when you get a total at this stage of 118 and a half, I mean, do that math, America, there's just not a lot of points to go around. So you can understand why those totals are low, but I would caution that if Villanova is ahead, boy, the, the best game script if you're playing some of those unders, if you like Houston, then you play those unders yeah, because they won't have to foul down the stretch. That's the key. So, again, if you like Villanova – in this spot, then maybe you could play some overs, knowing you're going to get some free opportunities. Certainly, if you got the ball in Connor Gillespie's hands, kind uh, uh, of Colin Gillespie's hands down the stretch, he's going to knock down shots at the free throw line. Most of these guys are; they're the best free throw shooting team, arguably, we've ever seen in the history of the NCAA tournament. Conversely, for Houston individually, look at some of these player props here. I wonder. Look, like Jamal uh, Shed was fantastic in, in the last round here. His over under now is 11 and a half. Fabian White Jr., of course, 12 and a half here. Very balanced group that you see here. Even Josh Carlton, nine and a half. Uh, Kyle Edwards, you mentioned him, 14 and a half here as the big gun there. And uh, Taze Moore there is at 10 and a half. So a lot of balanced scoring opportunities here. Only one under double digits. What stands out to you? You know, the the big thing here is um, it's curious for me in terms of what Taze Moore is able to do and Jamal uh, Sheed in terms of what he's able to do in this matchup. So, those are the key guys. Obviously, Edwards has got to get his, and he's got to be effective for Houston here. But I really like the way Josh Carlton plays in terms of what he brings from a defensive standpoint, cleaning up the glass, getting putbacks, running the floor, doing everything that's needed to be successful. Um, the other thing you mentioned, and this is a decisive advantage for Villanova in this game, mm-hmm. free throw shooting. Yes. Villanova doesn't have a single guy on their roster, and Moore's the lowest at 74%. That's the lowest. Yes. Think about that for a minute. I mean, you you got guys that Dixon shoots the ball better than 80%. Houston's Achilles heel is free throw shooting. Ed, Edwards uh, at 70%, uh, White at 69%, Carlton at 58%, Moore at 71%. I mean, not a great amount of free throw shooters in terms of this team. So that's a concern I have from a Houston perspective. When you look at that game because of what you just mentioned and the historic nature in which they shoot free throws, how important is the officiating? Because Houston wants to get in your grill. Houston wants to be kind of almost like the old Arkansas 40 minutes of hell. Now they, they do play zone from time to time, but they, they're going to be physical. Is it really kind of incumbent upon the, the official from BBC radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. ...to get the game flow and not call everything. Dave, I think that's an excellent point that you made that I overlooked, which is how the game is officiated will dictate how it plays out. Because... If it was like the Kansas game in the first half where there weren't a ton of foul calls, I thought it benefited Providence even though they were struggling shooting the ball offensively. The Duke game, we didn't see a ton of fouls, and it benefited Texas Tech. If there's not a lot of fouls called in this game, it it favors Houston in an immense way. On the flip side, if Villanova's got a parade at the free throw line, boy, Houston is in serious trouble. Yeah, that's exactly. We saw it in round two. You remember the Texas-Purdue game, and I know everybody on the Texas side is like, look at all these calls going Purdue's way. It really does get – how is it going to be called? Yeah. If it's called ticky-tack, it could be really tight uh, for Houston going forward. When we come back, Aaron Torres is going to join us from Fox Sports. Always love to get Aaron's thoughts here as we get down to the Elite Eight, get his takeaways from the Sweet 16, and who he likes going forward. Come on back. It is Betting Across America right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. America continues here on VEASAN. BetMGM, of course, is the king of sportsbooks and unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets or risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? Well, you can convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use toward dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is Sports Betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions to apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Dave Ross alongside Amal Shaw as we continue here betting across America from Circus Sportsbook. We noticed business starting to pick up behind us here because top of the hour, we're going to get ready for our first of two Elite Eight games today. So you can see the patrons, that's what they call them at the Masters. Not guests or visitors, patrons. That's what they say to try to class up the joint. Well, all you golf people, we got a ton of them here. Man, you guys act like it's a religious awakening. It is. <laughs> I'm all. It absolutely is. Cannot wait for Augusta. Uh, I'm hoping it rains all four days. <laughs> You know, it is to me, it's it's so funny because you're right. We put so much weight on the Masters. It's the yeah. first of the four majors, obviously, each and every year. It does kind of feel like NASCAR that they have the Daytona 500 
they have their Super Bowl first to kick off their season. It's similar in golf because at least for us in the United States, the Masters is a number one. I think overseas, they're going to say the Open. Right. And they take umbrage, by the way, if you call it the British Open. Over there, it's just the Open. So I love the snobbiness of golf because it is there. That's for sure. So they think that's the best one. We think the Masters is the best one. You haven't been here yet for an Open Championship, right? In no. Vegas? Because you'll have to adjust to the 1 a.m. start times. Oh, I'm so down with that program. <laughs> Let's go. Who needs sleep? I do want to get to what's trending when you get to the Elite Eight here. And we're going to start off with Houston and Villanova. Now, I, first of all, how do you view trends, Amal? Because like our guy Steve Mackinnon, Point Spread Weekly, does an amazing job of tracking down certain trends. And I know that you know, the trend isn't going to always hit, but a trend is also there for a reason. Elite eight underdogs of three and a half points or fewer are 25, 16, and 16 straight up. And against the number, 27, 13, and one over the last 22 years. So the Wildcats, by the way, find themselves in that spot today. They're 20 and six ATS in their last 26 NCAA tournament games overall. Look, when you win two national championships, you're going to cover a lot of numbers. What do you make of that trend? I, look, I think you have to put some stock into this. I'm not a big trends guy, but I think there's some value in it. And to your point, you mentioned Villanova 20 and 6 in their last 26 ATS. Mm-hmm. You have to take that into consideration. But here's why, Dave, I think at the collegiate level, it's not as important to me as it is at the professional level. Because in the college game, numbers get skewed sometimes based on, you know, they might say Alabama is 4 and 4 and 8 games against the spread. Well, the problem is they're laying 42, 36, et cetera. In, the, in college football. Right. Well, it's different having to cover a game by 42 as opposed to having to win a game by 17 points. Mm-hmm. So I don't get into it as much, but I'll give you a quick stat in terms of yesterday that somebody has sent me regarding Bill Self. He's 0-4 versus Big East teams ATS in the NCAA tournament. Well, he went 0-5. Villanova, I mean, Providence as an underdog this year, 8-1 ATS. They go to 9-1. and uh, Today, real quick, Arkansas head coach Eric Musselman is 18-3 straight up and 18-2-2. In his college career, when coaching versus opponents uh, with an 800 or greater uh, win percentage. Wow. This guy does it against great teams. That's the point there. And speaking of the Razorbacks, to that end, they're 5-0 ATS in their last five as an underdog, which they find themselves in today against Duke because they're getting three and a half points right now. Dukies, by the way, 2-7 and seven against the number in their last nine games overall. So they don't cover a lot of numbers. Now, they have... As of recently, they, they covered, obviously, against Texas Tech with the outright win. That game went to, I believe, pick them just before tip. And they somehow covered the number against Michigan State in a the game. They were losing, I believe, under five minutes to go uh, by three and somehow cover a big number of six and a half. So kind of a bad beat if you had Sparty back then in the round of 32. But I guess the point is there that people bet Duke because it's Duke, because it's K. And when you really kind of do the, the work like you did on Musselman, that might be the coach here in the spot, at least the trend would favor. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But I want to go back to the point you made about Duke. This is a terrific team, immense talent, five potential first-round picks, probably five guys going in the top 40. I want to go back a few weeks here. Okay, you mentioned they covered against Texas Tech, a short number there. I think, what was that game line? It was Texas Tech one or a One, almost got to pick. pick okay, so you basically had to pick the winning side in that game. Mm-hmm. Michigan State, six and a half or seven. They hit two free throws late. They get the cover. Against Cal State Fullerton, it was a Fullerton dunk with layup. Oh, layup, okay. At the buzzer. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> Virginia Tech, they lose. Miami, I thought the number was ridiculous at nine. The Syracuse game without Buddy Beheim, 15 and a half. When Syracuse got embarrassed, they got beat twice. 
It is so hard in a revenge game to cover the number three times. We see Syracuse in that game. They end up losing by nine. Mm -hmm. Lost by, I mean, you're getting 15 and a half. So I think sometimes North Carolina rivalry game, you already beat them on their home floor. You embarrass them. Now you're laying 12. I think sometimes you have to take into consideration what the number is and is it realistic to what the situation is. Yeah, I'm with you. And by the way, I tried to get the hashtag free buddy going on Twitter, but it didn't take as he got suspended for that had two game. He, had he got ejected in that game, which would have benefited Syracuse, he would not have been suspended for the following game. Because the officials missed it. By the Correct. Because my point was, and we had this talk uh, yeah. before the ACC tournament, Syracuse, by the way, was 50-1 to one to win the ACC tournament. Virginia Tech, I believe, was about 22-1 to one pre-tournament pre, uh, yeah. odds there at the ACC. They win it. My thought was that the ACC, quote-unquote, was down. Yeah. So you could find a lesser team with better value to make a run, as Virginia Tech did. Has that been put to bed now with three Elite Eight teams here? Or is it, no, the regular season could still mean they were down, but the cream rises to the top with Duke, Miami, and UNC making these runs? Yeah, I think you have to give Carolina a ton of credit, right? They beat Baylor and um, UCLA. Oh, they beat, right, the one, what, one in, one and two, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, UCLA was the four seed four in their bracket, but... Still, I mean, you have to give them a ton of credit. And I forgot who Carolina dismantled in the first round. Um, oh, uh, Marquette. Marquette. Yeah, Marquette. Exactly. Oh, Shaka. So, so, that I mean, was ugly. You got to give them credit for that. Duke has done a great job. They beat a tough Texas Tech team. Uh, obviously, they take care of business against Michigan State, who played really their best game of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one that's really impressive when you look at it right now is Miami. It's not just the fact that they're here, but they take care of business. They never trailed against Auburn. No. USC... There was a key foul by Chavez Goodwin where he fouled Wong on a three-point shot with one on the shot clock. If he doesn't foul him there, I'm telling you, Dave, the game probably goes the other way. USC had a four-point lead, came out of the second-half locker room on a 17-2 run by the Trojans. Wow. Miami overcomes that and finds a way through. Yeah, that's coaching. And, and again, I, I do wonder how much it is about the kids, how much it's about the coach. Let's stay with those trends. And speaking of, as Kansas is a one seed, Miami double-digit seeded as the ten. Number one seeds are just 31 and 25 straight up. How about this number ATS? 22, 30, and 4 in Elite Eight matchups since 2001. Meanwhile, Rocky Lake or Hurricane, 7 and 1 ATS in their last eight neutral site games as a dog. And that's exactly what they are here. I mean, I know you and I have been on Miami regardless. Now the trend's even back what I like even more. Yeah, by the way, was that Scorpion with Rocky like a hurricane? Hey, good. Very good 80s reference. <laughs> the, um, but to me, you know, it becomes tricky when you have a number at this point, right? Like, the Providence line was seven. Game ended, what, six yesterday? Yeah. It really comes down to a free throw situation. I, uh, By the way, Al Durham is now my all-time favorite player because he just uh, kept on going to the basket. He never forced up a three-point shot. It. Absolutely right. love I mean, just go just, to the rack. They're not going to the rack. Right. Just exactly. keep going to the rim. So it's great from a betting standpoint because you're like, hey, we're going to be able to cover. This is another sequence now where another 12 seconds come off the clock. In the Miami game, they've got some perimeter guys that are willing to take the shots. It's interesting. It's a, it's a bit of a tricky number. I'm leaning towards Miami because not only because of plus six and a half, I think they've got a shot to win the game, Dan. Yeah, I do too. I, I'm kind of with you on that. And, and it, that's the interesting thing about the St. Peter's handicap for me against Purdue. I said on a couple of our shows and other shows during the week that I would take St. Peter's in the number, but the reason why I didn't play it is because I gave them no chance to win the game. So my, the way I kind of lockstep my handicap with the points is, do I give the underdog a chance to win the game? And I do. 
So that's why I like Miami plus the points because I actually think they can win the game outright. I, I love the analogy you just used on St. Peter's. Same reason I didn't take the game. I would have taken St. Peter's instead of laying the points with Purdue, but I said, I don't believe they can win this basketball game. And there is a possibility that Purdue could blow them out if they're if they're really able to get to the free throw line like they did against Texas that didn't happen in that game. Give St. Peter's all the credit in the world. So for me, it was a little bit of a concern. The other advantage, though, you did have with St. Peter's in 13 is this. Mm-hmm. If they're down big, there's probably not going to be fouls late. That's right. But if you're laying five, six, seven, they're fouling. They're baby. fouling. Yeah, I, we, you and I had the exact same handicap. Not that I'm still bitter about my Purdue five to one ticket going up in smoke, but I still get the Hogs at fourteen to one. Still got Villanova. I, I like your Hogs play a lot, but by the way, Purdue having to play UNC, I, I like that matchup for them. I thought they could have done extremely well. Matt Painter missed a golden opportunity to get to a Final Four. You you got St. Peter's. You got a 15 seed. You can't beat them. Come on, Elliot Bauman. Find a new team. Wow. Shots fired at our producer. When we come back, we got some more trends that we'll get to because we're getting closer and closer. Business is picking up here at Circa. Come on back. Betting Across America right here on Visa and these Sports Betting This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Wendy's Breakfast is the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stacked starting lineup, like the breakfast baconator, the croissant combos, or hot or cold coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends. They've got oven-baked sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and simply OJ to bring it all home. So make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru. Pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Dave Ross alongside Amal Shaw. This is Betting Across America as we are now in hour number three. We're going to have, what, about a half hour to go before tip-off here uh, in our first of two elite games on the day. Okay, and we're going to see if we can get Aaron Torres. He's a very busy man from Fox Sports. We'll see if he's with us. If not, we will continue our conversation right now in what, what is trending. And I thought some of these trends were interesting. I did want to ask about St. Peter's in North Carolina. It feels like a game we haven't even talked about yet because obviously we have two games uh, taking center stage today, but tomorrow it'll all be about the Peacocks. Now, in a week eight games where both teams are seeded three or lower, as higher depending on who you look at, but lower in the 15 seed here in North Carolina, I believe the eight seed, the lower seeded team, which would be St. Peter's, is six and one straight up, seven and zero oh ATS. 7 and 0 ATS since 2013. Peacocks by the way, 8 and 0 ATS in their last 8 neutral site games as an underdog. It makes me think of Keenan Thompson on SNL when he does the LeVar ball. Never lost. But they have never lost 7 and 0 and 8 and 0 ATS. Does that sway you one way or the other? I'm going with Carolina in this game, but let's see what Aaron thinks. Let's bring in the aforementioned Aaron Torres from Fox Sports. Aaron, great to have you on the program. Let's start right there where Amal and I just left off, and that is with the Peacocks, the story of the NCAA tournament. Look, I got to be honest with you. I didn't see it coming in the Purdue game. I had them in the first couple weeks of action. Not that I thought they could beat Kentucky, but took the points there. What about this matchup with North Carolina tomorrow, Aaron? It, it, are, have they made believers, I guess, out of you? 
They have, and, and I would actually like to hear the argument for UNC minus, you know, eight, eight and a half. I, I'd be curious because um, that was something that I thought of today as I was kind of starting to evaluate not only yet tomorrow's games, but today's as well is what, like, what, what is not North Carolina done, but, but what has St. Peter's done to make you believe that, that, that it won't be close if they can't win outright. So, you know, we can get into it, but, but if somebody, I, I don't know which one of you really sounded like you felt pretty strongly that you liked UNC minus eight, eight and a half. I'd be curious what the argument is not, not a disrespect. I'm just curious. Cause, cause I, I'd like the other perspective. No, 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 no disrespect taken at all. But Aaron, I look at it this way, a couple of ways. First of all, Look at certain lines. Murray State, I thought it was completely overpriced at being eight against a team from the Metro Atlantic that plays in a harder league than the Ohio Valley. Now you got a team from the ACC that's taking care of teams like UCLA, like Baylor. You're an eight, eight and a half point favorite. You're telling me UNC and Murray State are the same line? Mm. I don't see that. And I think when so many times when a team has a performance that uh, St. Peter's has had, they reach a point in the tournament. Now, all of a sudden, you're playing a team that's shooting almost 40% from the three-point line for the season. I think the size, the athleticism, and the ability, even though they haven't been stymied so far by St. Peter's, I think could be a bit of a challenge. And one of the reasons I criticized Purdue coming into this tournament was I said, Matt Painter mm. does not have the ability to coach. If Musbus was coaching Purdue right now, <laughs> we'd be talking about them playing tomorrow. And to me, oh. go ahead. Sorry. No, I just, it, you know, it, it, I threw this up last night and you would have thought that I called Matt Painter, you know, a guy that, that kicks puppies or something, but like, <laughs> you know, this has nothing to do with St. Peter's, but you know, we destroy Mark few. And I understand he's had some better seeds, but we destroy Mark few, the last seven NCAA tournaments, four elite eights, two title games, Matt Painter over the same stretch. Uh, what was the stat I looked up uh, yesterday? I think it was, Six out of the last eight years, they finished in the top three in the Big Ten. Yep. They have one Elite Eight and zero Final Fours to show for it. So, you know, I, I, I we could get back to St. Peter's, but I, I am so blown away that we just destroy John Calipari when he loses in this tournament. We destroy Mark Few when he loses in this tournament. You know, we'll probably destroy Bill Self if he doesn't win tomorrow. But I, I know it's Purdue. I know that they're not a national brand like Kentucky or what Gonzaga has turned itself into. But I'm just blown away that just nobody seems to really be criticizing this guy, except apparently for me and you, Dave. It, it was really kind of stunning to see last night. It absolutely is true. And it's right. It's like different coaches get dealt with differently in, all in, in the media. And I don't know why. Maybe Matt Painter's feeling the hate heat today today at Purdue, but he should be. Well, Aaron, this is the point I made. Matt Painter has gotten the pass, and you you summarized it perfectly because they're not a national brand. In my opinion, as good as Bancaro, Holmgren, and Jabari Smith are, I believe the best pro out of this college class is going to be Jaden Ivey. He's a mix between John Morant and Russell Westbrook. Yes. This kid can do it all, and Matt Painter does not run sets where you allow Jaden Ivey to take advantage of his athleticism and his ability, and I thought that was the problem down the stretch. They get tight. They don't execute. They're so interested in going everything through the post with these guys who can't move. And this has been the problem with Purdue for a long time. And when are you going to get a better situation than a 15 seed oh boy. in St. Peter's and a number eight seed potentially in North Carolina or a number four seed in UCLA? This is all on Matt Painter. 
thank you so much for saying it so I don't have to. And yes, this is the most critical in, in the history of sports talk radio. This is the most critical anyone has ever been of Matt Painter, except maybe of some, you know, IU, uh, you know, Indiana centric uh, sports talk radio. But uh, listen, I agree. And that's part of it too. And it was funny because I even go back before the NCAA tournament, right? Uh, I remember saying something, it was during the SEC tournament. I said, if you're John Calipari, this feels like the year because at the time they were playing pretty well. And there's a lot of stuff that's happened since then, but also on top of that, Arizona was dealing with injuries. Baylor's dealing with injuries. You know, Gonzaga didn't look as good as, as um, you know, they have in years past. And I said, you don't always have a team good enough to win it, but when you have a team good enough to win it or in, in Purdue's case, just get to the final four and the breaks go your way you have to take advantage of it. And so that, that was my frustration last night. And it is like, it's not that, you know, it's this, it is a historic loss, but St. Peter's has blown me away. They're obviously really well coached under Shaheen Holloway. They're obviously misevaluated. They got guys on that floor that are better than Mac level players. But at the same time, it's like when you're a Purdue and you haven't been to a final four since 1980, and we all know the stat and you have a team that's not only good enough to get there, but the breaks are going your way. You've got to take advantage. I don't care that it was in Philly. I don't care that the St. Peter's is this incredible story, which they are. You got to take advantage. So, so I, I agree with you guys a thousand percent on this. Yeah, well, I think we're all in unison on that one. Talk with Aaron Torres. Follow him on Twitter as I do at Aaron underscore Torres, of course, from Fox Sports. Aaron, let's talk a little bit about the games getting ready to tip here. And we've got the first showdown between Houston and Villanova. And we've seen the, the money go up as high as three down to two and a half. That we're seeing here is Villanova as the underdog. What do you make of this one? Of course, not a lot of points expected to be scored today. Yeah, it, it was one that I really, you know, I, you don't feel great betting, you know, against either team because they're just both so well coached. But the more I look into it, I, I do kind of like the Houston side. And as you said, obviously, huge difference between two and a half and three in a game that could be this tight. But I look at this game and I guess the way that I see it is, you know, Villanova, obviously we know about the lack of size and, and obviously Houston is going to have an advantage on the boards. But the other thing that struck me is there have been teams that Villanova they're, they're, not as big as, but they can take advantage with their, with their, their quickness of, of their backcourt. And I don't know that they can do that here. You know, Houston the other day, just, just ate alive Ben Matherin and, and Dale and Terry and Kirk Reese and all those guys on the perimeter, just with their perimeter defense, they're switching. And, and, and I can see a scenario where they do the same to Villanova. So I don't know that I feel great, you know, picking against Villanova as a slight underdog in, in, in this game, but I do think probably Houston is the right side just because I, I just think the way that they play is going to be such a matchup disadvantage for Villanova. I love your assessment there. I tend to uh, agree with you completely. I think Houston's ability to switch out on the perimeter with their guys is going to give them an edge in this game. I'm with you. I like Houston this one. Want to go to the Arkansas-Duke game. Duke a four-point favorite in this one. As much as I hate Coach K, <laughs> I believe his team moves on in this one. I thought this was a good matchup for them. Thought the Razorbacks played extremely well defensively, but can they do that again against a team with potentially five guys in the top 40 of the draft? Well, you just hit on so many important points there. That's my concern. And, and you mentioned the must bus and coach must, and you know, he's got that NBA background and the NBA background is pretty straightforward is, is take away the one thing that you do best or take away the player that, that whatever it is. And I look at Duke 
I don't know that you can take away one specific thing or one specific player because they got four or five guys on the court that can beat you, right? Mm-hmm. And so you know, you 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 know, you 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 try to take away Paulo Bancaro or you try to make him whatever. Well, AJ Griffin's wide open, and and you try to make Jeremy Roach uncomfortable, and and you know Trevor Keels is playing off the ball. Uh, you try to attack Mark Williams, and I, you just go on and on down the list. And so that's my concern for this game with Arkansas. And I even you mentioned uh, you know Arkansas. But last year they get to this stage, they, they, they beat, they, they lose to, excuse me, what was eventually the national champion and they just had no answers. And I do worry a little bit about that today. Not saying that Duke is the eventual champion, just that I don't know what the counter punch is for Arkansas. And I don't think there are those two very, like one or two very definable things that you can take away the way that, that they were clearly ready to take away from Gonzaga the other night. Aaron, we always appreciate your time. The information is great as always. Follow him again on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres does a great job at Fox Sports. Radio. Really appreciate Aaron hopping on right here on Betting Across America. Got to take one more time out, come back, wrap things up with Malshaw right here in Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. This is Betting Across America on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets or risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? Come on out. You can convert your BetMGM points to MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resort properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is SportsBetty's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM. MGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions to apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Dave Ross alongside Amal Shaw. This is Betting Across America. I look up. I see Kevin Kisner has beaten Willie Z. Will Zalatoris to move on to the semifinals in the... I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. WGC match play, and I know you've been waiting for the result that America's been waiting for. Dustin Johnson beat Brooks Kepka. <laughs> beat him! So I don't know if there's still bad blood between those two. I hope there is. It'll make for better drama. But Dustin Johnson moves on. Brooks Kepka is out. As we get closer and closer to tip, and we got a couple games to get to here, obviously, let's get to these matchups. And again, the first one that we're going to see today you know, normally when I say it's going to be a rock fight, I mean that 
as a derogatory term. I don't mean that as one in this instance. I think it's going to be a supremely well-coached game between two guys that I don't know that Jay Wright's a defensive-minded coach. I think Kelvin Sampson is. Right. I think Jay Wright is a guy that tries to utilize, to the best of his efficiency, the roster that he has. So he plays a certain style because that's the personnel he has. I don't expect a lot of points. 118.5 right now is the uh, is the total in this game. And right now, Houston, 2.5-point favorite. Your final thoughts as we get closer and closer to tip. Yeah, I love the way you summarize that. I think that's very accurate. Um, I just think Houston, from their defensive ability and getting out in transition and scoring, I think in Villanova, you have to do that, Dave. If you try to go against half-court sets against this team, it's going to be really challenging to be able to score. So I'm going to go with the Houston Cougars here. I laid the 2.5. Uh, I, I like them in this spot. Even in the late game, as much as I don't like Coach K, I think Duke uh, ends up moving on. Well, and that, of course, the second game. I want to stick on the Villanova-Houston game for for a second because I'm all here's the one thing about it. If we were to get tempo mm-hmm. from either side here, to me, the side that would push would be Houston. But you know, I'm going back to to Villanova, even kind of in their march in the Ohio State game. Remember that first half, Villanova ran. They were out there running with Ohio State, but I was like, well, this is not the Villanova team I expected to see. Is there any scenario that we get a different flow than the one we expect, which is half court? We expect you get a defensive rebound, you slow it up, you wait, everybody gets set, and we run half court sets. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's a challenge against this team when you're doing half court sets versus the the opportunity to get out and run. Nova's got to take advantage of that, space the floor when they can. And they've got to convert in those opportunities. And it could come down to who shoots the three better because you're going to have three-point opportunities here in this game between the number five and the number two seed. And I think once and for all, we can say the committee. Whether or not we think the committee got the teams right in the field of 68, they misseeded Houston. This is a Final Four team from a year ago, and here they are one win again from getting back. There's no way they got that seed right. No, they didn't. This was a team, though, during the regular season, what, 28-5? and Uh, lost two games against Memphis. And then you beat Memphis in the conference title game. And they lost one of the best games of the college basketball season at Alabama by a couple of points. Really a tremendous team. And they did it without two of their better players, Mark and Sasser. Sasser, who was their leading scorer, averaging almost 18 points a game. Okay. Now let's get to that second game. And I know that you like Duke uh, to go ahead and get this done today. Started at about four. Seen the Hogs take a little bit of the money, come down to about three and a half here. We haven't really talked about the total a whole lot here in these three hours of betting across America. Again, speaking of tempo, now this got bet down significantly. It opened at about 143 and a half in a mall. That's down six points. Now you don't see, I don't want to, we, we'll find out whether or not it was a, uh, the line came out the way it should be or not, but it feels like America feels like it was off to the tune of we've bet it down to 137 and a half. Would you hop in on the over now? Is it is it now getting to the point where you might say, all right, now you've tempted me? I, I'm not interested in the total in this one simply because when you look at it, I, I get it's come down, but in these games, it becomes so defensive minded at situations where you could end up with a lull. Teams struggle to score the basketball. Yep. I, I'm just not interested in going that route. And if you're the Razorbacks, you've got to put this into a defensive mode, just like they did against the Zags. And again, I think that's the style. How, how does Musselman want to play this? Because we've seen them go up-tempo. They've done it in the SEC uh, sometimes throughout the year. But you would think they'd want to play half-court. You would think they'd want to slow down Duke and realize they've got the better athletes that we do. You think that's the way Musk is going to try to play this, to say, let's get this into a half court and not let their athletes really get out and run? 
going to be interesting. I, I think if they're going to be successful, they need to do that a little bit because I think Duke is the better offensive team. They can beat you at their game more than you're going to be able to beat them at their game. That's the way I would tend to see it as well. I want to get into some, in the final minutes that we have here, some exactas and some prices that we might have here going forward as we have now reached the Elite Eight. And now the longest uh, shot that we have here, well, you obviously anything that is going to involve St. Peter's is going to be the longest shot. But some of these numbers here, how about Villanova to cut down the nets, but to do it again against UNC in one of arguably the best national championship games we've ever seen, by the way, 18 to one to get that finals rematch with the same result of Villanova beating UNC 16 to one for the heels to get the win and cut it down against the number one seed, the last remaining number one in Kansas Duke. To cap off what would just be, I know, a dream for you with Coach K going out on top <laughs> at 16-1 to 1 over Houston. Any of those longer shots uh, interest you? Because the favorite right now would be Kansas as the one seed to beat North Carolina, ironically, at 8-1. to 1. Yeah, I think it's a tough call in terms of who you see matching up, but I, I really have a feeling it's going to be Houston versus Duke. Mm. I'm not sure who's going to win it. I, I think these two teams right now are in good standing. They're the second and third favorites to be able to get through. I like Houston today against Villanova. I think Duke gets through Arkansas here. Um, and you look at some of the other teams there with St. Peter's, potentially Miami, you can consider them weaker. But remember, Miami beat Duke earlier this year, so uh, not out of the realm of possibility in terms of that happening. It is interesting to me. Now, by the way, your scenario, if Houston and Duke were to play, Houston would be, to, to get that exacta, 12-1 to 1 for the Cougs to beat the Blue Devils at this stage. Do you think there's more value in trying to predict the, the matchup at this point, or would you still go game by game? I would go game by game. I think it's tough necessarily because the way we've seen this tournament, uh, I mean, who had St. Peter's in the Elite Eight? Not me. And neither did I. I didn't have him getting past Kentucky. And, you know, for this team to be where they are is a bit of a shocker, in my opinion. So uh, I, I think it's difficult to necessarily see how it's going to transition from week to week. Okay, so instead of going with the exactas, let's go right now just to the odds as they stand today going forward. Now, obviously, the longest odds, St. Peter's at 40 to 1. Is that just you're just riding the wave and you're like, yeah, they can win three more games because they've already beaten Kentucky. Right. They've already beaten Purdue. So who um, amongst the, the remainders, uh, remainders there are going to scare St. Peter's? Uh, scare St. Peter's? Well, they got to get through North Carolina first. Right, but I mean, they're thinking, hey, we beat Kentucky. We beat Purdue. Like, if you're going to back St. Peter's at 41, 41 nobody. you're thinking nobody scares me anymore. No, no nobody. I mean, I, I think at this point in time, when you get through Kentucky, I thought that's one thing that helped them a lot. I thought when you look at that bracket, I had Kentucky coming out of that region. Mm -hmm. I thought, wow, this is the toughest team they're going to play to get to the Final Four. They can beat Carolina. They're definitely capable of it. We saw what they were able to do against Purdue. Mm -hmm. We saw what they were able to do against Kentucky. You figured when the game went to overtime, they're probably going to lose against That's Kentucky. That's what you thought. And they find a way through. you got to give them a ton of credit for what they've been able to accomplish. Uh, what about Miami at 25-1 to with Coach L? I love Jim Laranega here, obviously just from the coaching pedigree that he takes from George Mason, what he's now taking down there to South Beach. Again, you got to get through Kansas, and that's right. now the overall favorite here at plus 275 to win the tournament. Is that a live player in your estimation? Or even though we like them with the points tomorrow, yeah. you sprinkle a little bit on that money line? No, I think you take a shot on the money line there. I think they got a great shot. I, I think when you look at that game against Providence yesterday, they were fortunate. You mentioned it when we came on the air. Miami didn't play a great game no, against Iowa State, and they still won comfortably. 
this team is very capable. They can defend you. They can also score the basketball. They've got a terrific coach in Laranega, but they've got guard play, and that's what you need at this time of the tournament, and I think that bodes well for Miami. Uh, if Duke and North Carolina end up winning their next two games, mm-hmm. they're going to match up in the Final Four. That'd be unbelievable. G- give me, give me a Shaw's number right now in that game. If it's Duke, Carolina, after what we saw in Durham, yeah. by the way, in, in Kay's last home game, what do you think the number is this time? Carolina five, five and a half. No way. Why do you say that? Because it's going to be a pick em. No, 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 no. Stop, stop, five stop. Five and stop. a half. Well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Carolina favorite five and a half. No way. No, I didn't say Carolina's five. Oh, Duke, Duke, Duke favorite. Oh, I thought you said yeah, Carolina. No, 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 no. Oh, I was going to lose my mind there for a second. No, no, no. Okay. Duke five and a half yeah. makes, makes more sense. Duke is a four-point favorite against the Razorbacks, who I think is a better power-rated team by a large margin than North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Carolina was catching two and a half against UCLA. Or were they catching 11, 12, 13 against Baylor? Mm-hmm. I think the number will come down uh, pretty drastically. I think by the by tip-off, that thing's around three. Carolina money comes in on that. I disagree with you vehemently. I'm all a lot of fun. <laughs> the always. Aaron Torres, Aaron Ladd, Mike Peronio, uh, Elliot doing a great job behind the glass as well. Thanks for watching Betting Across America right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Make your... Make your... I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.